another episode of Farzcast. Farzine Vasugian here with you. Hope you're all having a great week. Hope you guys enjoyed the wild card round. The divisional round is coming up very soon. We'll be talking about all of that here on this episode of Farzcast. Very excited to get into all of that. We're also streaming live on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Vasugian. So if you guys are watching the uh, podcast live on the Facebook page, much uh, appreciated for those of you guys doing that. Uh, for those of you guys who are listening uh, to the podcast live for the first time, welcome in. For those of you who have listened to the podcast live before, I always appreciate you guys coming back for more. Uh, we're going to get into it real shortly. Uh, real quickly, if you guys uh, haven't already, make sure you follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'll put the uh, link to all the social media in the description. We're doing the Patrick Mahomes jersey giveaway on Instagram and Twitter right now. That is going to end Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Central. So um, I'm going to try to do a podcast before them, but in case I don't, make sure you guys enter for a chance to win. you you got two opportunities, so you guys can do it uh, both on Twitter and Instagram if you guys haven't done so already. Let me quickly just double check. Can you guys hear me on the Facebook page? Let me know if you guys hear me or not. Um, cause I'm seeing a lot of you guys are watching. It says there are a lot of people watching live, but I'm not seeing any comments, uh, on the, um, on the live stream. All right. We'll figure that out as we, uh, as we go along live podcast. That's how we do things here, folks. Uh, hope you are, hope you're all having a great week. Uh, gonna get into the wild card round in a moment. Uh, one last reminder, if you guys haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast, share the links with your friends if you haven't done so already. Alright, I think we got the, uh, the live stream sorted out. Okay, I think, uh, I think we got it all situated there. Uh, I don't know what happens when I, uh, broadcast from my phone, it doesn't work out so well, but when we do it from the... Uh, from the laptop, it's uh, it's a little bit better now. If you guys can uh, hear me, comment below in the um, in the chat just to see. Okay, yeah, seeing seeing some comments now. Okay, there we go. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, I mean, I was just doing a live stream from Whataburger less than an hour ago, and it was working just fine. So I don't know what happened, but uh, seems like we're uh, right on track. All right, real quickly, uh, I haven't had a chance to do a uh, podcast recapping. Okay, I, you guys hear me. Perfect. Uh, again, the live stream on Facebook. That is significantly more behind, hence why I prefer it on the phone. But, um, yeah, I don't know why. The phone does not show the the comments. Uh, it only shows a few of the comments. So, All right, we'll worry about that later. Uh, quickly, I do want to recap the wild card round. I haven't had a chance to talk about that yet, uh, so I will quickly give my thoughts on the games from the wild card round. Seattle at San Francisco. I think San Francisco was just poised to win this game. Seattle has done a lot of good this year, and they made a, uh, a competition in the first half, but San Francisco simply pulled away in the second half. And Brock Purdy, I mean, what a great story that is. Kyle Shanahan, I know a lot of people associate him with blowing not one, but two big leads late in uh, a couple of Super Bowls in his past, uh, is this the time where he finally gets over that hump? Uh, I think that's another big narrative going on in San Francisco there. L.A. at Jacksonville. This looked like a home run runaway game for the Chargers. 
Then all of a sudden, the Jaguars slowly got back into the game. Went for two, made some gutsy calls right there from Doug Peterson. He, of course, is a disciple of Andy Reid's. And next thing you know, the Jaguars win this game 31-30 with a game-winning field goal as time expires. Listen, Brandon Staley, I think he's done some good over with the Chargers. But the last two weeks with playing the starters for an irrelevant Wake 18 game and then the way you just blow a 27-0 lead in, in against the Jaguars, I mean, come on. You, you can't just do that. You can't do that in, in a situation like that. Um, and they let go of the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach. I, I just don't know if that's the uh, right solution there. I'm not 100% sure, but they're keeping Brandon Staley. I, I, I don't know, man. I think that's a fireable offense, but I also think the Chargers don't want to ruin what they have with with Staley and Herbert right now. Uh, Dolphins at the Bills. This one was more interesting than a lot of people thought. A lot of people thought that Buffalo was going to win this with ease. Miami made this very interesting. And listen, I think if anything, we continue to learn more and more about the Bills. They're not this invincible team that so many people think they are. They're just not. They're really not. Um, Josh Allen, he's great, does a lot of great things, but man, this guy's a turnover machine. And you made, you gave Skylar Thompson all the opportunities in the world. Listen, Skylar Thompson had a great first quarter. I thought hitting receivers in the hands, but he had drops everywhere across the offense. Uh, and then in the second half, Skylar Thompson became more of an issue, became more of a liability than, than the, um, than the receivers, Okay, I'm just, I'm just double checking to make sure you guys hear me. So, because I saw someone said no live on their end. I don't know what that means. Uh, but the Bills won in the end. That's all that matters. Um, listen, they could struggle against Skylar Thompson or a backup rookie, and they might dominate against an elite quarterback like Joe Burrow. Who knows? Um, games are weird like this sometimes. The Bengals also struggle against a uh, backup QB. We'll get into that in a moment, but I do want to touch on the one that shocked me the most, the Vikings and the Giants. I had the Vikings as NFC champions this year, and they lost to the Giants. Not just that, man. The, the Vikings were not in sync. This was not the type of football Minnesota plays. Their defense is generally better than this. Justin Jefferson normally plays better than this, and he was not in sync at all with Kirk Cousins in this game. Uh, Giants got off to a very good start. Minnesota made it close in the end, but Giants held on to that lead and pulled off, in my opinion, a huge upset on the NFC side of things. And not just that, Daniel Jones had maybe the best game of his career. Unexpectedly so. And the Giants pulled away with this one. I believe this is their first postseason win since they beat the Patriots in the second time the two teams played. The second time we had Eli versus uh, Tom Brady. So, yeah, uh, that, that was an off game. I agree with you 100%, Charlene. Cowboys at, uh, or excuse me, Ravens at Bengals. So, I got to be honest, I was watching The Last of Us on HBO, but I was keeping an eye on the score. And I was pretty shocked. Um, but the difference maker everybody knows was that fumble at the one-yard line Cincinnati with a, a scoop six, if you would. Uh, 98, 97 yards, whatever they counted that statistically. Um, boy, uh, that was a heartbreaker to lose like that when you're a yard away. Listen, turnovers are, there's never an ideal time to turn the ball over. But when you do it 
right in front of your right in front of the end zone. I mean, it just sucks, but even worse is when you just let them go all the way back for a touchdown, a defensive touchdown. Cowboys at Buccaneers. Uh, this was uh, not even a contest. Um, it, it was a weird game because they had the uh, the kicker, Brett Maurer, missing four PATs, and I believe it's five consecutive PATs dating back to last week. Hopefully he can get out of a funk. Otherwise, the Cowboys are going to be in some trouble when they play the 49ers. That is going to be an epic matchup. That's going to be the final matchup of the divisional round. Uh, but the Buccaneers, man, I, I mean, they just had nothing going in their favor. Um, Brady with a red zone interception uh, just helped Dallas build on to that big lead they had. Uh, there was another weird moment where they challenged a play, and within like 10 seconds, they, they came away with the outcome. It, it was a little weird. Really weird uh, wildcard game. Uh, kind of an interesting way. Like, people tuned in just to see if Maurer would make a PAT. Who would have thought that a PAT would have made headlines with uh, with that? You can hear me? You, can, you guys can see me? Okay, good. Because I think uh, a couple of people are maybe having a little bit of issues Seeing me or hearing me, I don't know why that is. But as long as you guys, most of you guys can uh, hear and see me, that's all that matters. Uh, okay, so that was the wild card round. Let's go to the divisional round. Jacksonville at Kansas City. This is going to be the first game to kick off the divisional round on Saturday at 3.30. Man, I don't know how I feel about this. And by the way, I don't care about the first time these two guys played. I really don't because the last time they played, the Jaguars were what three and six, and they only lost one game since then. So a lot of that is irrelevant to me, but a lot of people on social media, a lot of fans, a lot of the media, both local and national, there's a lot of talk that Kansas City is going to blow out Jacksonville in this game. And I think we've expected Kansas City to do that in some of their games this year. But we haven't seen the Chiefs really dominate in a game. I mean, they, they had a one-sided game against the Raiders. I want to call it complete domination. Um, the Chiefs, the past couple of years, even though a lot of people fear the Chiefs and acknowledge just how good Mahomes is, even without Tyreek Hill this year, um, a lot of people still feel like the Chiefs might not cover the spread uh, because that's just something they haven't been able to do in last games. Even though covering the spread doesn't mean much um, to some people, to others it may mean a lot. Uh, it is something people keep an eye on for sure. I'm not sure how I feel about this one. I have Kansas City winning, but is it going to be in a blowout? Or is it going to be a close game? I think it's going to be a blowout. I really do. I'm going to go 45 17, I'm picking Kansas City to win against the Jaguars. I know there's all this talk about, uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank, uh, a blank on his name right now. Um, the quarterback, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, undefeated on Saturdays, high school, college, NFL. It's like, come on, really? Uh, Giants at Eagles. By the way, I'll do a, a, a more uh, extensive breakdown of that Chiefs-Jaguars game. On the Red Friday live stream. So tune in for the Red Friday live stream tomorrow night about the same time, about 24 hours from now. Giants at Eagles. Listen, I acknowledge the Giants and the type of game they played. And Daniel Jones, he had a hell of a game. 
And I know a lot of people are comparing this Giants team to the one that we saw in 2007 and 2011 when they were considered maybe the worst team out of all the playoff teams that year, yet they won the Super Bowl both times. And by the way, both of them were against the almighty Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. A lot of people feel like this Giants team is kind of a mirror image of those two Giants teams I've mentioned before. I don't know if I see it. And perhaps this is what makes them similar to those two Giants teams. Because I didn't see it either at the time. Nobody thought the Giants were going to win. The Giants, if I remember correctly, with the exception of the wildcard game, every team they played in the divisional round, the uh, conference championship game, and in the Super Bowl, the uh, 07 Giants team, those are all teams they lost to in the regular season, including the Cowboys, who they lost to twice in the regular season, but beat them in the postseason that year. So I'm not sure if this Giants team right now is the same as those two Giants teams that are being mentioned from the past. Uh, I still don't know if I trust Daniel Jones. He had a great game. Is he going to do it again, though? I don't think so. I think Philadelphia wins this one. I think this is also going to be a blowout. I have two blowout victories by the number one seeds on Saturday. Then we go over to Sunday. I think we are going to see two very good football games on Sunday. The first one, the Bengals at the Bills. A lot of people were excited for this Monday night football matchup. Obviously, everyone knows what happened with DeMar Hamlin. Hence, the game ended up being canceled. Uh, Now we get to see these two teams, this time in the playoffs. I picked the Bengals to win on that Monday night football game. I'm picking them to win again for one reason only. And I said this last week. I said, look, the only way the Dolphins have a chance against the Bills is if the Bills continue to turn the ball over consistently. They did exactly that in that game. They did exactly that, that, and they opened the door for Miami to make this a competition. At one point, they led the game. Miami led Buffalo at one point in this game and came close to pulling off the upset. You cannot afford to turn the ball over against this Bengals offense. They've got the hot hand. They got off to a very slow start in the first half of the season. They've turned it up. They are the same Bengals team we saw in last year's postseason run when no one thought they were going to go as far as they did. This Bengals team uh, showed new signs of life during the second half. I think it's going to be a very close game. I, I would not shock me at all if this is a shootout. I'm going to go with the Bengals in this one, 38 to 35. I think it's going to be an all-offense here. I think a couple of turnovers from Buffalo's side is what's going to hurt the Bills in this one. Plus, you don't have Von Miller. I think that could start to come into play with this uh, for this defense here. Yeah, I think so too, Katie. I think this is Kansas City's year to go back to the Super Bowl and win. Um, here's my thing with the Chiefs, and I'll say this, because I picked them to win in a blowout uh, earlier in the podcast, and we'll talk more Chiefs tomorrow during our Red Friday live stream. But let me say this about the Chiefs. I think this is a team that is hungry. Because I, obviously I just picked the Chiefs to win, and I picked the Bengals to win. So we're I think we're going to see an AFC Championship rematch in the same location. I think the Chiefs 
are going to be this pissed-off, hungry team after the divisional round because not only do they hear all the noise that people think that this team cannot get back because they lost Tyreek, they're not the same team anymore, Mahomes is going to regress, people are going to figure him out. I mean, all these things that people have been saying over the months, people still saying today, people still trying to discredit Mahomes from winning an MVP. People are still trying to build some sort of a case against him, which is insane to me. Oh, and by the way, you've lost to the Bengals three times with Joe Burrow there. Like, this is going to be a Chiefs team that is going to be hungry and really pissed off because they've got this Bengals team that is overshadowing them. Even though they've accomplished all these great things the past four and now five years with Mahomes, it may not mean much because everyone's going to point to the fact that the Bengals have that 3-0 3-0 record with Joe Burrow over Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, Chiefs fans will take the Super Bowl however we can get it. But at the same time, I think a lot of Chiefs fans want the Bengals. You cannot... If you're a Chiefs fan and you love competition, how can you be happy with this postseason run if it does not include sweet revenge against the Bengals? I think we're going to get that rematch. I picked both the Chiefs and the Bengals. The main event of the divisional round, the Cowboys and the 49ers. This is an epic rivalry here of two teams, not in the same division, but in the same conference, dating back to the 80s, 90s, the epic rivalry of the Cowboys and the 49ers. I'm excited for this one too. Uh, Again, I think the Sunday games are going to be way better than the Saturday games. Who do I have winning this one? Boy, uh, Brock Purdy does not look like mystery relevant. He doesn't look like a rookie. He doesn't look like he's inexperienced. This guy looks like he's been here long enough to compete with the rest of the quarterbacks that are remaining in the uh, in the playoffs. Dak Prescott, on the other hand, I think he's having maybe his best season. He's got a lot to prove. That's just the way things work when you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Something's got to give here. This one's going to be close, but I don't know. Listen, San Francisco, they've got that amazing defense led by Nick Bosa, who has a very good chance at winning Defensive Player of the Year. Then you've got the Cowboys, great offensive line. Tyler Smith, fantastic rookie. Good defense, solid defense overall from the Cowboys. I don't know if this is going to be a high-scoring game or if it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a close game coming down to the wire. But I just don't know what the score is going to be. Something tells me maybe Purdy and Prescott both, as great as they've been lately, I think they're both going to struggle in this game. I think the defense for both the Cowboys and the 49ers are going to show up and show up strong in this game. I'm going to go 17-14 San Francisco. I'm going with the 49ers, the the Bengals, the Eagles, and the Chiefs. I got three home teams, and I've got Cincinnati as a lone road team winning. So that has the conference championship set up for me. Bengals at the Chiefs. Screw the neutral site game and 49ers visiting the Eagles. That is how I have 
the divisional round for for this weekend. Uh, Gavin's asking, did you try Whataburger yet? Yes, I did. I gave Whataburger. So for those listening to the podcast that don't know, I went to Whataburger last April. Did not like it. Gave it a 0 out of 10. In fact, I think they gave me the wrong order. Um, that's a story for another time. But I've been wanting to give Whataburger a second chance. So I did exactly that. I gave Whataburger a second chance. And I'll tell you what, folks. Because I believe in second chances when it comes to food, restaurants, that kind of thing. I think you got to give second chances in that, uh, in that, in that field. I did that, exactly that with Whataburger, and I got to say, uh, Whataburger, they redeemed themselves. Their patty melt? And listen, I figured why not. Go with the patty melt. Makes sense, right? Patty Mahomes. Uh, that was really fucking good. That patty, I, I will go back. I'm going to try something else. They've got a couple things on the menu that caught my eye, but they redeemed themselves. I will be back at Whataburger again. I am a customer. I am a Whataburger customer for the future. There are a couple other places. I mentioned in the live stream a couple other places like Wahlburger that I want to give a second chance to. But I believe in second chances. And if you guys don't like Whataburger, and if you want to give it another chance, go try the patty melt. Because I liked it. I was impressed. Uh, I will have another patty melt in my life. In my lifetime. There will be another patty melt I will devour at some point. By the way... Their uh, chocolate chunk brownie is 10 out of 10, okay? If, you're, if you don't want to go for the burger, go for the chocolate chunk brownie, okay? Trust me, folks, you are going to love that brownie. Think of, like, the best cookie from Crumble Cookie, but brownie. It's that good. It is that good. I hope I sold somebody on here. I'm just waiting for, like, the first stick to sports comment to come up here. Tina says, who in the Super Bowl? I'm going to go with the Chiefs over the Bengals. Uh, and then I, I had the Vikings winning the NFC, so I got to pick a new team. I've got to go with the 49ers over the Eagles. I think the 49ers are just a better team. So I've got a Super Bowl LIV rematch. I know a lot of Chiefs fans want the Kelsey Bowl, the Andy Reid Bowl with the Chiefs and Eagles, whatever you want to call it. I just don't think... Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to get that uh, that matchup uh, in this year's Super Bowl. A lot of people feel like the Chiefs are the team in the AFC. Maybe the NFC has more question marks. I just feel like the 49ers are the team that are better than the Eagles. I, I said the same thing about the Vikings too. I just I, I just don't know if I trust the Eagles 100. Someone asked, "Do I have I ever had insomnia cookies?" I've heard of it, Charlene, but I have never had it. Uh, it it's it's a it's a pretty well known. Um, it's a pretty well-known place, so I'd imagine they're pretty good. Robert says, I think it's Casey in San Francisco. Casey wins, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's a, it's a repeat of last time. Uh, will I be at the game Saturday? I will not, Tina. I will not. I heard it's going to be snowing this Saturday, so if you guys are going out to the game, be safe out there on the field or uh, roads. Not the fields. Uh, out at 435, I-70, all those places. So drive safely. If you're in town, coming from out of town, uh, be safe out there. Real quickly, I want to discuss one topic I did not get into last week uh, that I think is important to get into. It has to do with Dana White, the president of the UFC. He was caught on camera on New Year's Eve. He and his wife got into a physical altercation. It appears his wife struck him first. Dana White, who's this tall 
a pretty big buff dude just smacks his wife multiple times and she's on the ground. You can clearly tell from the angle the way he's looking down on her. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, she struck first. Okay, fine. But this is barely a story that's getting talked about. And on top of that, Dana White did a press conference last week. And a lot of people are saying, what punishment are you going to get from this? Because if this was Dana White's been very, and he even acknowledged this, he has been very vocal about other UFC fighters that have put their hands on women and has made them suffer the consequences. Dana White's saying, my consequence is me dealing with the criticism. That is Dana White's criticism, folks. He gets to just deal with the criticism that is out there in the public. That, in his opinion, in his eyes, his viewpoint, is, a criti- is the punishment he deserves and is getting. Uh, look, I get Dana White's got ownership stake in the UFC. I believe it's a 10% ownership stake. I don't know if I agree with this. To me, it's got to be like a, a suspension without pay. That's what it's got to be. But again, he's his own boss. I think the only time I can really compare this to anything would have to be the whole Kevin Keatsman issue. Obviously, that was not a physical altercation. That was a uh, that was a comment he made about Andy Reid's family a few years ago. But the reason I compare that to this situation here is because Kevin Keatsman d- used to have part ownership on uh, on sport, uh, on Union Broadcasting. So to me, it was a huge shock when Keatsman ended up resigning from Sports Radio A10. So I don't know exactly in this situation, though. Because Dana, listen, Dana White, and not to get all political here, but Dana White, he's been very open about his politics. He's a conservative. Um, he's all about the First Amendment. He even claims to have reinvented the First Amendment. Um, in fact, I remember um, I remember uh, a, a lot of people have considered the UFC as a company that's not woke. But then they started doing the whole uh, Pride Month thing for the month of June, allowing fighters to wear... Uh, shirts with um, different color texts. Boy, did people turn their back on the UFC that month, calling them all of a sudden a woke organization. It's like, of all people, to like you're going to call Dana White and his company woke. Like, come on. That's not at all like what Dana White is. But I think a lot of people are watching this whole situation with the power slap coming out, which I think was lame. I saw a clip or two. It has to be the dumbest thing I've ever seen on television. Hopefully the ratings tank because that just looks really fucking stupid. But I think at the end of the day, what is the right punishment? Someone mentioned, uh, Charlie mentioned Stephen A. Smith touched on it a little bit with first take uh, about the punishment. Um, Avatar can't play in the snow. Snow is not going to amount to anything, Bob says. Yeah, I mean, I, I still trust that people are going to be out there for sure filling, filling up the stadium. Yeah, I don't really know because uh, here's here's the thing I, I, I want to point out here because it's barely getting talked about even in the mainstream media. If this was Roger Goodell and his wife, if this was Adam Silver, if this was Mark Emmert from the NCAA, this would be front page news every single day for quite some time. This would be talked about for a very long time. Look at Ray Rice. Look at Kareem Hunt. I know that wasn't a a girlfriend or a wife in the Kareem Hunt situation, but that was, you know, physical violence that was caught on camera, talked about for a very long time. And by the way, this is not the only thing with the UFC. 
I mean, we've heard, we've seen some racist comments, homophobic comments, and some comments that are, you know, crossing the line um, among UFC fighters. I mean, look at the whole James Krause thing with the with the betting. That's barely getting talked about in the mainstream media. Why is it that in this sport, in MMA, when a homophobic comment is made, a racist comment is made, when someone is assaulting another, another person's mental health, when another fighter is bringing up someone else's family, it's happened multiple times, no one says anything about it. I know Dana White has this whole mantra of, hey, in the UFC, fighters say mean things to each other. Okay, but some of these comments, like if they say, hey, F you, you know, you suck, you're a bitch. Like if you're trash talking like that, fine. But if you're bringing up someone's family, if you're using homophobic comments, if you're bringing up mental health, those are not acceptable things to bring up. Racist comments, those are not acceptable things, but for whatever reason, we give a free pass to MMA fighters. If Tom Brady said something racist, if Patrick Mahomes made a homophobic comment, if LeBron James insulted another player's family member, those guys, those comments would be talked about for a very long time. But for whatever reason, in MMA, whether it's Dana White and his wife getting into a physical altercation on New Year's Eve, or any fighter that says or does something that should not have been done, it doesn't get talked about. What is it with this sport? And maybe you guys can help me out because I'm not the smartest person with this kind of thing. But what is it with this sport where it's completely acceptable for... The sport, MMA in general, to say and do certain things. Because I know for a damn fact, if you talk about Brady, Rogers, Mahomes, Burrow, um, Giannis, Joel Embiid, uh, Stephen Curry, LeBron James, uh, Lionel Messi, if he ever did anything like this, whoever, in any of these other sports... It is going to be talked about, not just in, on ESPN and Fox Sports. It's going to be on CBS, ABC, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, like all those networks. Why do we not hold the UFC to a higher standard? Because to me, we're letting them get away with too much. And that should not be the case at all. I think all athletes, I don't care if one sport has mean comments that are being said to other fighters. You're professional athletes. These things need to be held to higher standards. Uh, Bob says it's bullying for some reason. It is acceptable all of a sudden in a society. Again, plus domestic violence. NFL is getting, NFL is bigger than church. Other sports get away with bullying. Uh, you, you know what's interesting? There's a UFC fighter who was charged with murdering his girlfriend. And this is not like a big name UFC fighter, but it's a UFC fighter charged with murdering his girlfriend. If the backup quarterback, if the third string quarterback for any team does that, it's still going to be talked about quite a lot. I mean, it's going to be covered constantly. Look at the Deshaun Watson story. Look at Kareem Hunt. Uh, look at Greg Hardy. I mean, look at those stories that got talked about for a very long time. And it's a coincidence because Greg Hardy eventually went to the UFC. But, man, those things did not... See, Tina says nature of the sport, maybe. I, I, I don't disagree with your notion there. 
But I guess that's also, I guess we as a society are at fault because we're not holding the sport of MMA to a higher standard when we should be. I don't know. You guys can debate on that. Uh, yeah, she, Charlene just said Mike Vick is still getting talked about. 100%. I mean, there is still pe- I still remember, like, towards the tail end of Mike Vick's career, when he went to the Steelers, boy, Steelers fans were signing petitions to get rid of him. When he came to Kansas City as a coaching intern, holy shit, there are people who threatened to boycott the Chiefs forever. By the way, those same fans were back rooting for the Chiefs when they went to the AFC Championship and to the Super Bowl. So obviously we know there's some fake boycotting out there. Uh, but still, it didn't change the fact that there was some massive outrage with with that kind of thing. So I don't know. You guys decide on that. All right, I'm going to get out of here. You guys know my picks for the division around playoffs. I'm going with the Chiefs. The Eagles, the Bengals, and the 49ers. That'll set up an interesting conference championship round with the Chiefs and Bengals and the Eagles and 49ers, uh, which in that case, I got the Chiefs and the 49ers for a Super Bowl 54 rematch. My name is Farzee Vasugan. I appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode of FarzCast. If you guys are watching on the live stream, big thanks to you guys for listening and watching me live. We will do a Red Friday live stream tomorrow evening around somewhere between 7 and 8. Not exactly sure when, but somewhere around there. We will do a Red Friday live stream uh, talking more Jaguars and Chiefs. So tune in for that. We'll We'll touch on that also. I'm doing the Patrick Mahomes jersey giveaway. It's up right now on Instagram and Twitter. Check those out. Links in the description if you guys do not follow me on those social media sites. Other than that, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the divisional round. Make sure you follow me on Facebook. We'll be doing a lot of live content this weekend. So check it all out. Enjoy your weekend. Peace out. Thanks for listening.